Welcome to Featured Insights, presented by Caroline Economic Development. I'm your host, Debbie Bowden. This podcast is for all size businesses in Caroline County and the Eastern Shore of Maryland to learn from experts at the local, state, and national level. We hope that you gain insights that can help your business run more effectively. Dr. Derek Simmons, thank you for joining us again. Um, we're, we're at the start of a new school year, and so we talked at the end of last school year, and it was just such good insight into what was happening in the system, how you were uh, handling things from an employer standpoint, how you were handling things from a, a budget impact standpoint, that we asked you to come back and give us an update of how things are going at the start of this school year, which is the 2023-24 school year. And then we're going to just kind of try to continue to make this similarity between the school system both at the local level, at a higher level, and the business community so that the listeners understand that you are dealing with the same things as essentially the president and CEO of a major organization that they're dealing with at their business. So um, how is the school year going? Well, first off, Debbie, thank you for having me back. I had a great time last year, and I'm thrilled to be here. Um, School year started off on a great foot, Uh, really has. We're going through our enrollment counts at this point in time, so we're looking to see where we are based off of last year's enrollment, but so far, things look positive. Oh, good. Um, We're already seeing uh, really positive things happening uh, in the school academically. Our teachers have hit the ground running. Uh, We put some uh, new things in place to strengthen our academic achievement, and uh, it's been exciting. Uh, Kids are, like I said, the kids are doing well. The staff are doing great. we made it through our hiring season, though my HR supervisor would tell us uh, there is no hiring season. We just hire year round. Gotcha. Which is a shift for us. Right. Um, but uh, we've made it through the bulk of the hiring and uh, things are off to a good start. Good. That's good. Yeah. So I, it, and I believe that you've started kind of casting a broader net for that hiring. I know that we've got some uh, requests for information from economic development and tourism um, to to put in to include information about coming to Caroline County for new hires. So is that correct? You're looking That is correct. Broad- we have had a uh, had to take a little shift on our typical hiring patterns. Um, historically, literally as long as I've been in the county, it's 23 years now, we seem to always get between a quarter to one third of our teaching staff from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania was a net exporter state for teachers. A lot of colleges up there, a lot of education majors. Gotcha. Um, and jobs in PA used to be really hard to come by for teachers. Um, they have a really good retirement system. So folks oh, tend gotcha. to stay. Uh-huh. Um, Maryland's not bad. And for our, our business community, our retirement for teachers is good. Mm-hmm. It is. Right. Especially yeah. compared to the private sector. But Pennsylvania is really good. This is the first year we have had zero hires from the state of Pennsylvania. Wow. Which was a shock for us. But we were starting to see the trends of not seeing as many uh, candidates at the uh, recruitment fairs that we would go to. So we did branch out this year, uh, spend a little time in West Virginia, a little time okay. more in rural Virginia, um, in Western Virginia. And we will continue to branch out into some of those areas where we know more hilly than the Eastern Shore. I get that. <laughs> right. Uh, but a lot of similarities in terms of cost of living, in terms of demographics, um, and those things for Caroline County. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have branched out more, and it is one of those markets right now with uh, the teacher shortage. Um, teacher shortage, just like uh, any other field, uh, skilled field, really, 
I know there's a shortage of workers in pretty much every field. Right. Teachers in general, it's uh, sort of their market at this point in time. Mm -hmm. So we have to work really hard uh, to recruit people. Um, if we focus on just the Eastern Shore, all we end up doing, the neighboring school systems, we just end up taking from each other. Um, right. So we really have to branch out, and we've been trying hard. We appreciate the partnership with economic development and others within the county um, because when we are recruiting, we are recruiting not just for teachers for our school. We're recruiting for people to come, move here, live here, settle down, right. buy the homes here, engage in the community here, and really become part of Caroline County. So I'm glad that you related that to how the business community also has to change their has changed their recruiting, especially for skilled, educated staff. It you know we always want, and you are the the primary pipeline. The school system is the primary pipeline for growing that workforce to stay here. But you know it's just everywhere where young people go off. And, and start a life somewhere else and then come back. And now we are starting to bring folks in who are in that kind of like second stage. They've maybe graduated college or they're, they're, they're in their hometown and they want to go someplace new. I don't think many people understand that Caroline County is still a new place yes. to some folks and it's an attractive place for those folks. So, you know, another thing that we were talking about that kind of relates to business and Taking this idea of a, a system, so the school system, a government system, is kind of based on bureaucracy. I mean, that is the purpose of it, right? That's um, You have people who do the work of the government or do the work of the, the school systems broadly at the state level, uh, at the county level, et cetera. And there's always this idea that any organization needs leadership at the top, and that's guidance. That is making sure that that vision, and in your case, you have a board that helps with that, and then you're charged with making sure that goes out into the, the local system. As we're recording this, we understand that there's some shifts at the state system um, with that leadership. And how, how that relates to when a business, let's say it's a business that has a leadership that's not within Caroline County, so it's a, a larger company, We've got a lot of those. We've got a lot that have that have developed into that over the last couple of years with mergers and acquisitions. And when you have that larger organization that's not within the county or that you have to answer to as a business owner, uh, it it can be a little scary and it can be a little concerning. And so, what's your take on that as somebody who's been in a system uh, in the school system for your career, and now you're seeing where that like gen that leadership at the top structure, in this case, Maryland um, school system superintendent, how do you think that relates to what you're going to see for your business, which is running Caroline County Public Schools, and how it relate, re would relate to somebody similar in the private sector? Certainly, Debbie. I think it's a great, there's a great connection between that. And uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. So the school system in any bureaucracy, um, we're kind of designed to keep going no matter what, right? There's gotcha. there's no there's no uh, profit law structure we're looking at. There's no uh, the the risk isn't as much when there's a change in leadership. Uh, can be both good and bad, um, but that continuity that uh, the disconnect that can happen when leadership changes if there's not deep thought into succession planning 
and there's not the structure in place and a bureaucracy, um, you really can run into to pitfalls. Gotcha. Uh, one, you can look at our own county for our listeners in in, in the county. Um, the seat of the superintendency, the leader of the school system in Caroline County had changed pretty regularly, um, pretty much since 2012. Um, and I want to clarify for the listeners, I have no intention of leaving. Right. Uh, <laughs> we're not talking about succession planning because of any intention on my behalf right. uh, uh, of leaving the county uh, by any means. Uh but we've seen firsthand what can happen when leadership changes does take place um, and the ability to plan f- for the next round of leaders. Right. And being clear on vision, being clear on mission, being clear on where we're going and mm-hmm. what path we're going down. And sometimes when you see that leadership change, not only can the vision potentially shift, kind of the safeguard that bureaucracy has is we do have boards that help right. set a vision and help hold to that vision. But what you can see is when a top leader leaves, sometimes momentum can shift because the folks who they work most closely with um, go as well. Right. And and that can have monumental shift um, on structures that are in place. The business community, and, and I won't pretend to fully understand the for-profit business world having been an educator or in education my whole life, but I would assume there's a lot of incentive. Mm-hmm to get the hire right the first time, right. to hit the ground running, to make sure you have things in place that where the business is not going to fail because there's a change in leadership. Right. Um, you have way too much to lose in terms of not only the, the profit side, but all those employees rely on that business being successful. Right. And the bureaucracy, bureaucracy keeps churning. That's right. right. I mean, that's one of the criticisms of, of bureaucracy. Right. Which, I, I I can understand. Yeah, it is the nature um, of the beast. It's though, the yeah. nature of the beast. It keeps on cranking no matter yeah. what. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are real challenges, and if we're talking about uh, the state with the state superintendent not seeking a second contract, um, it's really important that the state board of education, and, and they appear to be leaning this way, but that the state board of education do a uh, a thorough job of making sure that they find the right candidate, the right person to lead Maryland right. at this time to move through. However, the challenge is that, that and this is just us us speaking to whoever's listening, right? Um, the risks right now for school system leadership change at the state level is probably higher than it has been because of right. the bureaucracy, actually, yes. um, because there's so many pieces that are connected right. to that role. And how that role responds. Mm-hmm. So to to draw the, the the connection and make the point for our listeners, there are really important aspects of the blueprint that yes. are coming into fruition. Mm-hmm. We we've got we we've made it through the first year of blueprint. Every county had their plan submitted. We were very pleased with the feedback for, for our plan. We're, we're we're making progress, which is wonderful. We're now moving into the second year of blueprint, where school systems have to provide a multi-year plan by March. We knew this was coming, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of challenging pieces of the blueprint for local school systems to have to put in place in the next year or two. And there's a lot of responsibilities that the State Department of Education has, as well as the Accountability and Implementation Board. So there's two bureaucracies right. serving blueprint. Yes. And losing that key pivotal leader who's providing direction 
on that can be a challenge. And if what could happen, and and there are some assumptions that we do make, um, we do in bureaucracy. I'm sure in private sector, we they do the same thing. When you see a top level executive go, right, you start thinking: Are people who came in with a top level executive going to go with them? Exactly. It's just you lose we, a confidence of leadership. Yeah, That's, we, all, we yeah. all go through that. Right. So depending at the scale of which that happens, can really cause local school systems who are a little bit further downstream. Right. But we are the place that has to make blueprint happen. Yes. We are the where the rubber meets the road. Right. Um, we have both the carrot and the stick to do it right. But one of the folks who can hold the carrot and the stick is changing. Yeah. And that just creates that turmoil piece of you wonder what what has the succession plan in plan been. Right. Um, we can all make assumptions when you see turnover multiple times within a, a multi-year period um, that this succession plan probably isn't deep. It's probably not right. well developed. Yeah. Um, I think that's an assumption a lot of folks are making within the bureaucracy about the state of things at, at the State Department of Education. It's no criticism to them. It's the nature of a lot of turnover. It's right. the nature of, in anyone's business, lack of people applying for positions. And when you hit change year after year, you start losing institutional knowledge. You start losing those pieces, which just makes it um, – I'll just say it, it, it's an interesting time. Exactly. Um, and we're – the local school systems, I can speak for us in particular, we're processing through it. Does our bureaucracy have to keep churning? Absolutely. Right. And we need to for the students. We will. Yes. Um, and, and Debbie, it reminds me of when I talk to our teachers that are welcome back. And this actually connects nicely. We talked about Blueprint. We spent just a few minutes talking about Blueprint at our welcome back meeting. Because the main point that I really wanted our staff to know is you're still teaching kids. Yes. You're still doing what you do on a daily basis. You're still trying to have our kids succeed. Let me worry about Blueprint. Let me let let the staff at central office who have direct connections to the state level bureaucracy the AIB, let us really worry about it. Yes. If they do their best every day for the kids in front of them, we'll be just fine. But it's it's the pressure on us and leadership then who have to figure out the new way of making sausage. Right. Because <laughs> that'll probably happen. Right. Um, and it's just things for us to have to stress through and, and worry about. Yeah. Um, but that is what should happen in leadership, right? When there's leadership change, those in management should be the ones stressing about it. Yes, exactly. Let the folks who are on the ground keep doing what they're doing and do it well and support them while we work through and process through those other challenges and try to keep those off their plate. And I think when you're looking at uh, the business structure, whether it is just a small business that doesn't have any type of regional or national uh, corporation behind it, or those larger businesses, that's exactly right. That is where that leadership strength in the middle comes into play. Because if you if you want to make sure that your staff, in this case your teachers, but in a business, the line workers, the customer service, the salespeople, the drivers, et cetera, that they're not worried about that change management because change management is hard. There's whole disciplines about that. And that is a constant stressor. And it's really, it is always 
it's putting out those fires. And if you have an organization or you allow that kind of change management to be on the shoulders of that front line, whatever that front line is, then you're not doing the organization. You're not in your case, the students, or in a business case, the customer and clients, they're they're suffering for it. So yeah, absolutely. When you've got that middle structure, in this case, we're just saying that the superintendent of Caroline County Public Schools is middle in the structure of the Maryland Correct. system. Um, th- you know, that is kudos to you for you to you and your team for wanting to bear that burden of whatever may happen with these shifts at the the state level at a time where there was already shifts. Mm -hmm. There was legislative shifts. There's going to be budget shifts. There's going to be continued conversation. I mean, the best change agents regarding uh, the education system in Maryland right now are the General Assembly. <laughs> I mean, what, they're, what they're else? Definitely the most uh, proficient, I would say. That. Yes, at making change. Yes. Um, and so I think that that that's great. And so the listeners just know that the your future workforce, which is what we call students, yes. <laughs> um, they are they're going to be getting the same quality of education and care from the teachers. Um, as these shifts take place at the at the state level, um, you know, one I, w- I also want to talk about uh, blueprint in context of uh, there's was a mention about the CTE program, and I don't know everything about it, but um, there's a state through blueprint. There's a, a state mandate to have more CTE available to students. But one of the things I think Caroline County has done and is should be proud of and is probably proud of is we've already got that, right? And there's been some um, a little bit of change in the CTE program to kind of bolster that. Is that correct? That is. So uh, within Blueprint, they are moving the career and technology education component. They actually have already moved it out of MSDE, so the State Department of Education, and Debbie, it's I'm not remembering exactly which division under. I don't know if it's under workforce development, but it's moved out of that into a separate state state entity. Okay. MSDE has a seat at the table, but it's made it more aligned with labor. Gotcha. Um, which makes sense. Um, that didn't move quite as fast as I think Blueprint wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're kind of working through what that will look like in the future. But the shift did occur. So Caroline County has always had a really strong... Uh, percentage of students who complete our career and technology education pathways. Um, the state wishes that 45% of all students complete a pathway um, by the time they graduate high school. That's the goal. And by 2032, I believe it is. Okay. But that's the 10-year goal. Um, so Caroline County Public Schools has historically always had that number or greater of kids yeah. completing the programs. The only difference that we'll have to work through Blueprint is going to also require that there's the certifications right? Okay. Um, that match. So we do have a lot of kids who complete the pathways, pass their classes. The number of students who pass certifications is not always aligned with that. Mm-hmm. Um, each pathway has their own certification. Some certifications are a better match for pathways. Gotcha. And some are certifications that are state required. The, the new uh, career and technology education uh, work group is supposed to be working through a better alignment of that. Okay. There's been really interesting discussion, um, and we'll obviously be part of that and following it. Uh, There's a desire within Blueprint, and this is one of those things where um, 
Blueprint has a lot of great philosophical things. Mm-hmm. It. There, there's a lot of things. It's hard to argue with what the goals are. Sure. Getting to them will be the interesting piece because there's conversation about um, the CTE programs that schools offer should be matched to the needs of the workforce. Right. In the area. Totally agree. We can go back to the earlier conversation about bureaucracy. Right. The bureaucracy that has existed has made it really hard for school systems to move on a dime to match workforce need. Yeah, that's right. Because Listeners, you can't see, but I'm applauding silently <laughs> for what Dr. Derek Simmons just said. That's and, correct. And, and we've yeah. seen that. Uh, we've, we've seen that when we've, we tried to create a local pathway a couple years ago for a career and technology education program that was needed. We eventually were successful, but it took, mu- took multiple years. And, and eventually we just kind of had to go, okay, we'll just do what the state's asking, mm-hmm. which was a, a match, but it wasn't as tight of a match as what we were trying to do. Correct. Uh, right. So I'm, I'm hopeful that as the, the new work picks up with the CTE uh, work group, that that process will get a little smoother and that we'll find ways that we can connect. Mm-hmm. Um, we have very good programs. We have teachers that do a great job. Do our programs match the needs of our community right now? No. Do they match some of the needs? Yes. Gotcha. Do they perfectly align? Are we producing too many in some areas and not enough in others? Absolutely. Because the way the, the structure of the bureaucracy, exactly, it takes a, a long time to turn a battleship. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some of the pieces that we're hoping to see out of the CTE pathway. I do want to highlight, uh, Debbie, uh, just for our listeners, flexibility that we're finding, like offering the pathways, that's the bureaucratic structure that gets in the way of trying to create new ones. However, the apprenticeship program, the apprenticeship program is providing school systems with the flexibility to be able to offer programs that the community needs because we're not actually doing the program. We're doing an apprenticeship, yes. placing students in employers within not just Caroline County, but mostly ours are in Caroline County. Mm-hmm. And we've seen, uh, we've actually added more businesses this year and we're excited about what the apprenticeship program can offer right. our students because we can't get programming in all those areas. We just placed a student um, in an apprenticeship at Lywood mm-hmm. in Fettelsburg. Super excited about that. I was thrilled that we were able to get a student there. Uh, Lywood is a fantastic local company, do phenomenal work, uh, and very engaged in the community. And us being able to land a student there in that process for a program, we don't have the structure to be able to add an electrical program. Gotcha. Fantastic field. Yes. Uh, my brother's an electrician. Fantastic field to get into. We're able to offer students the ability to learn how to and become an electrician through the apprenticeship program for a program I wouldn't be able to offer. Right. Same thing could exist for HVAC if we have HVAC companies. Same thing with diesel mechanics. Every few years, we have a student who wants to do diesel mechanic uh, or marine mechanic. Yeah. Um, They don't match with the programs that we have at the tech center, sort of, but not squarely. Right. Apprenticeship, that's the place to go. And- Blueprint does wish to see us increase the number of students in apprenticeship. So for anybody who's listening who has a business, you can be part of the forward-thinking solution. Yes. If we need more young people to learn a trade, we have young people. Right. You have a trade. Right. We can connect that through the apprenticeship program. You get to select if you want the kid or not because they go through the full interview process and everything. And they can literally learn on the job, be paid by you to learn on the job, and get high school credit at the same exact time. It's a beautiful program that I would love to see expanded more. Um, we're doing a, 
uh, a good job of getting there. Um, Mr. Eric Cook has done a fantastic job mm-hmm. of leading it and getting it started. Um, but there's always that opportunity, and that's our probably our best option for the flexibility right now until the CTE committee hopefully restructures some of the bureaucracy stuff to let us be more responsive. You know, I think that we, as a partner for this with the school system, keep promoting that idea of apprenticeship. There's some language barrier. Folks may think it's the old apprenticeship that's connected with unions. They may think it's just for the skilled trades, but it is a program where just about any type of business can talk with the school system. If there's a CTE program or there's training or there's some kind of nexus with school, student, and the business, you guys will make it work. And so I, I think that we'll end on that because we start, we talked about bureaucracy, but let's talk about innovation. And that is the youth apprenticeship program. So uh, we've had Eric on uh, previously to talk to us about that program. We'll continue to promote it. And as more students start representing and continue to represent Caroline County out there in the business community and more businesses start to talk about the success they've had with it, I think we'll see that program grow. So Dr. Derek Simmons, thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk with you and I appreciate you coming in today. Thanks, Debbie. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe to Featured Insights and look for us on your favorite podcast platform.